0: You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day, I'm Matt, and this is Jessica. What is going on?
1: Uh, it's the last day of May. How did that happen?
0: It just
1: evaporated. Which I tight. consider
0: that the hottest day of the year. So, happy Memorial Day. Do you really? Thanks. I do. Why? Just because like
1: it's been it's, like, over. Cool? It's over. Yeah. Like it's there's over. no turning. It's like back. just over. It's, all, it's
0: I always think May is the hottest day of the year because you're just like, you gotta like April and even in May, you'll have a cool night. You'll be like, oh man, it's still here, spring's still here. And then like, no, no, nope. no, it's not here. Today is the day. Where we are going to sweat and not stop till, like, Christmas. (laughs) I was going
1: to say, like, November, Thanksgiving, sometimes Christmas Day. Uh, Yeah. So, last day of May. Happy May. Happy June tomorrow. It's awesome. Summer's here, and that's fun.
0: welcome to Florida, everyone that's moved here from up north.
1: A lot of you. There's been a lot of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our our real estate market is awesome. I'm going to run for president. my
0: America. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, I'm running for president. And my slogan is going to be Make America Florida. Okay. Because we have the best state on the planet, y'all.
1: That's true. That's true. Come okay. on down. Come make on America down. Make America Florida. But keep Florida Florida. Okay.
0: Yeah. Make America Rockledge. It's the <laughs> literal best, best place I on the planet. I thought you were going to
1: say you're going to run for the president of our HOA.
0: Oh. <laughs> I'm about to do that too. I know.
1: We should probably stop it there. Let's stop right there. Okay, so I'm gonna, total
0: domination. We're, we are removing stop signs. Oh my gosh! On I opened the can. We have roundabouts <laughs> and stop signs. Okay, why? No reason. You don't need both. You need roundabouts or stop signs. Science. Do you remember? For a really long time, you
1: said you wanted to be run for
0: Department tra- Secretary of Transportation for America. Yes. to get rid of stoplights and put in roundabouts. how yep. you know much time we waste at
1: stoplights. Mm. Mm. So he lived in England for a while, and so he experienced the beauty of the roundabout, how to do it correctly. You know the pros and cons of them, and so he's always said, "I want to be the Secretary of the Department of the Transportation."
0: I'm over that. I'm running for president.
1: Okay, cool. All right. I really thought we were going to talk about it HOA, but okay.
0: People ought to make fun of Florida, but they all move here in the end.
1: Yeah. It's true. I never wanted to live here, like beyond my high school year. And now living this past year here in Florida, it's been awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. All right. So we
0: do. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Now do that now We're going to read our Bible. Bible. We're going to talk about the Bible. We're going to do a devotion with you.
1: Yep. And but first, answer, we're going to do a question, this? Our okay. question of the day. So this is again from Cindy Smith. Thanks for the questions. Um, which game show do you think you'd perform best on and why? I love that she added, added the and why. What game show do you think that you'd perform the best on?
0: I always want to be on Survivor. I know that's not a game show, but it's no, I, It's a game.
1: It, it counts in this context.
0: But then I would like – I turned like 35 and I thought, no way. That would be so much work. But when I was younger, I was like, put me on that show. But what I think we would crush at is Amazing Race. Amazing Race. Yeah, Amazing Race. Yes. We're very competitive. Yes. We both have no sense of direction. No. Um, You have no idea how to read a map at all. (laughs) No. And I have zero (laughs) sense of direction. Like. Which way did we come from? I know. I sometimes just, I
1: think I'm bad and then I'm like, You're so bad. But I can read a map.
0: Yeah. I've I've learned okay. how to read a map. Okay. So we would fight a lot. Yep. We would get there eventually and yep. then we would just crush in the competitions. Yep. Like we would just the we drive would dominate. to win. We would dominate. And we're Christians and past and we're both pastors and We're the
1: easy like yeah. people to like make fun of, right? Yeah. So I think we would get in. If if they ever do it again. Yeah. I, I think – so what has held us back from doing this is having little kids. Yeah, we've had little to kids be gone. since we've been married. You have it's to be like, gone for a really long time, like six weeks or two like months that. or something. Yeah. And so we're like, if the show is still a thing, when we're we are old. doing it. Yeah, when we're old. We're still going to be competitive when we're old. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll oh, yeah. totally so do it.
0: We're thinking, you know, Adeline – when she hits sixteen, which is like seven years seven from years. now, put That's us crazy. on put us amazing on Amazing
1: race. race. This is in fact uh, our yeah whatever it's called audition tape. Okay, yeah. probably not called a tape it's anymore. A tape. Okay. <laughs> wow, it's on our audition video. Okay, so I agree, Amazing Race, but also for me, I think that I could dominate Wheel of Fortune. Oh,
0: you would kill it! Yeah, you can spell really well. I can spell
1: like nobody's business. It,
0: there's like what a, a few people that can spell. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. And you're one of them. Yeah. Like it's I shocking.
1: I can spell really well. Yeah. Yep. All right. So there you go. And what, I can't
0: spell anything.
1: What game show would you be good on? Tell us in, in the, comments. the comments. Okay. So we are starting a new book of the I almost said chapter. New book of the Bible today. And we're going back to the Old Testament. We've been in Luke, which is in the New Testament. It's a gospel. Now we're going back to the Old Testament and we're starting first Samuel. Oh
0: yeah. And it's a good book.
1: So it goes, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua,
0: Joshua, Judges, Ruth,
1: 1 Samuel, right? Mm -hmm. 1 Samuel. So I want to read in my Amplified Translation of the Bible. uh, There's a little like commentary right here in the front Mm -hmm. that Joyce Meyer does in front of um, the beginning of every book. And so I just want to read a little bit of it. It says, 1 Samuel tells the story of Samuel, imagine... A priest in Israel and Saul, Israel's first king. It introduces us to David, new like King David, and gives us extensive background on this man who would later succeed Paul as the ruler of God's people. Saul. That was so weird. Did you say? I have no idea. (laughs) I can spell, but I can't read. Among (laughs) other mistake ever Uh, witnessed here, among other things, and in the midst of some dramatic stories and adventure, this book reveals the importance of the heart. So I just wanted to set it it up with that. I thought it was really good.
0: Probably because you're reading at a normal speed. Normally you read faster than I can understand.
1: You know Jay Anderson at our Vieira campus? Told you to slow it down? No, he did not. (laughs) He said he was listening to Morning Breath, and he listens to podcasts. Another podcast he listens to at like time and a half or double time, but he can't listen to Morning Breath at time and a half or double time because he had it on there, and I started reading the Bible, and I was like, and he was like, oh, my gosh, it's too fast. But no, he did not tell me to slow it down. Thank you. <laughs> right, Jay? I'm just fine, right? Okay. We're in First Samuel <laughs> chapter 1. I will read now. There read. Was, read. There was a certain man of Ramathiam Zophim of the hill country of Ephraim named Elkanah, the son of, gosh, so many words, hard words. Jeroham. Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives, one named Hannah and the other named Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. This man went up from his city each year to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh. Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests to the Lord there. When the day came that Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions of the sacrificial meat to Peninnah, his wife, and all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion because he loved Hannah. But the Lord had given her no children. Hannah's rival provoked her bitterly to irritate and embarrass her because the Lord had left her childless. So it happened year after year. Whenever she went up to the house of the Lord, Peninnah provoked her so she wept and would not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you cry and why do you not eat? Why are you so sad and discontent? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah got up after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on a seat beside the doorpost of the temple tabernacle of the Lord. Hannah was greatly distressed, and she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. She made a vow saying, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction, suffering of your maidservant, and remember, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give you you I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. A razor shall never touch his head. Now it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli was watching her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, her mind, only her lips were moving, and her voice was not heard, so Eli thought she was drunk. "'Eli said to her, "'How long will you make yourself drunk? "'Get rid of your wine.' "'But Hannah answered, "'No, my lord, "'I am a woman with a despairing spirit. "'I have not been drinking wine or any intoxicating drink, "'but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. "'Do not regard your maidservant "'as a wicked and worthless woman. "'For I have spoken until now "'about my great concern and bitter provocation.' "'Then Eli answered and said, "'Go in peace and may the God of Israel "'grant your petition that you have asked of him.' "'Hannah said, "'Let your maidservant "'find grace and favor in your sight.' "'So the woman went on her way and ate "'and her face was no longer sad.' The family got up early the next morning, worshiped before the Lord, and returned to their home in Ramah. Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her prayer. It came about in due time after Hannah had conceived that she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Then the man Elkanah and all his household went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, I will not go up until the child is weaned, and then I will bring him so that he may appear before the Lord and remain there as long as he lives." Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish and confirm his word. So the woman remained behind and nursed her son until she weaned him. Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a leather bottle of wine to pour over the burnt offering for a sweet fragrance. And she brought Samuel to the Lord's house in Shiloh, although the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull and brought the child to Eli. Hannah said, Oh my Lord, as surely as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood beside you here praying to the Lord for this child. I prayed and the Lord has granted me my request, which I asked of him. Therefore I have also dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord and they worshiped the Lord there. Amen.
0: Amen. So I think what's really standing out to me is this Hannah, um, young, this woman who wasn't able to have a baby, Uh, she is a catalyst for Jesus. Okay. And so when you look at um, the lineage of Christ, you're going to go all the way back to David, King David. All right. And Samuel, her son was dedicated to God and he became a prophet of the Lord. He wasn't just a, a priest in the temple, but he was actually God's mouthpiece. And he went and he anointed the first King Saul. So he anointed Saul and then he anointed David as a young teenager. Mm -hmm. David grew up to be the king, uh, King David. Yeah. And eventually through the lineage of David after he had Solomon and it goes on and on and on and on and on.
1: Begat, begat, begat.
0: You have Jesus. Yeah. Okay. And Hannah was a catalyst to the lineage of Jesus Christ. She prayed and God answered. Mm -hmm. She obeyed the Lord and dedicated her child to God. And that child grew up to be a prophet. And I just thought, what a neat thing, because I, I, you know, I I heard somebody one time preach like that Elkanah was like a representation of a guy, but I I just can't see it because he's kind of a jerk, to be honest. Like, And he's like, why do you want a kid? Am I not enough in 10 sons? Actually, no, you're not. Like, (laughs) there's a desire to have this child that God put in Hannah. And Hannah took that desire to the Lord, and then Eli, the priest, he actually prayed with her and helped prophesy this child into existence. Yeah. And uh, despite Hannah's annoying husband, despite the fact that she wasn't able to have a child, despite the fact that she was a woman, which really, you know, if you look at the lineage of Jesus, you know, you hear, you see a lot of men. Every once in a while you'll see a woman, I think like Ruth or... Uh, um, who was the spy, the harlot? Rahab. Uh, Rahab. You know, you'll see a few women here or there. And of course, Mary, Jesus' mother. But a lot of times you just see men because oftentimes women weren't counted uh, as equals to men in in ancient days. And, you know, not so much anymore. It's still a little bit. But uh, women have a lot more rights in America than ever before. Mm-hmm. And it's just equal and sometimes more, right? So the point here is like the lowest of the low just not able to conceive, desperate, you know, not able to change their situation, God was able to redeem that person, Hannah, redeem that moment. And now she gets to kind of live in this eternity of, like, history. Yeah. So.
1: That's really good. Yeah. Um, I, you saw something very holy. I saw something that looked like the real housewives of Israel. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. We have Hannah. And Penina, Penina, Penin- Penina, Penina. Penina, who were both wives of this guy, Elkana and one of them was blessed with kids, but the husband actually gave the other one, Hannah, double everything because he loved her. Like, what drama? That is really That's intense. Wacko. It's so crazy. And I want to point that out because I think that we can think our lives are crazy, or we can think that... Maybe God doesn't even understand what we're going through. We're like, this is so, like, so insane. But then you read the Bible and it's like the soap opera of all soap operas. Like, it's the craziest things that we've ever seen. And I think when you look at it and, like, these were real people with real feelings and real emotions and these things really happened, then it actually comes alive to you. Real housewives of Israel.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important. Like, (laughs) real people going through real struggles. Yeah. God uses
1: Yep, You don't need to be perfect. No, that's for sure.
0: You know, the pressure is to be perfect, though, especially to be used by God. Um, As a pastor, uh, I've had the privilege of teaching other pastors or pastors to be, what does it mean to be a pastor? I've taught college classes on it. We did an exercise where we put on the board... um, By the way, first of all, I'll say you don't need to be a pastor to be used by God, but let's say you want to be a pastor and you're becoming a pastor. What... Is expected of pastors. What are they supposed to be like? What do people expect pastors to do, right?
1: Pray for every meal. If you're <laughs> if you're a pastor and a meal and you're in a family meal, <laughs> who do they ask to pray? Yeah, the pastor. Let them pray.
0: <laughs> they got to be an awesome prayer, okay, at all times. <laughs> they have to be a counselor. Yeah, they have to teach the word of God with passion and zeal and insight a lot. They many times are expected to be perfect without mistake. People like to say, no, I, I like pastors are real, just real people. Yeah. You say that until they're real, and then it's like, mm, that was a little too real, right? <laughs> what else are they? Visiting, taking care. Mm-hmm. Visiting hospitals, yep. taking care of the sick, counseling everybody, praying with everyone, answering the phone whenever, you know, answering the door to everyone, all these things. Yeah. Friends with everyone. You you add that up into a weekly schedule. You're a counselor. You're a pastor. You're a preacher. You're a teacher. You're a mentor. You're a disciple. Like, I, I did that. We covered the board and all the expectations, it was like a 120 hour week, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then I said, Hey, what is a pastor though? What really is a pastor? Like, this is the expectations put on them, but what is a pastor? Mm-hmm. They're a person who follows Christ and who's obedient to Him, yeah. Like, and they are chosen by the Lord as a normal human, yep. They're not holier than anyone else, they are normal. We have some responsibility to stand up for the truth, but we are still going to make mistakes and we're Mm -hmm. still not going to be perfect at everything. But we're just a son or daughter who follows Christ, who's being obedient to the calling God has placed on us. And we're normal people that were just picked to be in a position. We're not... See, many times we treat people in leadership as almost subhuman or inhuman. Yep. Like, we don't treat them like humans. They have to be perfect have to be great at everything. I forget
1: where it was, but I heard a term that really helped me understand that and put language to It's like they you actually flatten them.
0: Flatten them. Yeah. Tell so me more you, about that. So you
1: take away the dimensions of oh. the person mm. and you flatten them into this one dimensional Dimension. thing yeah. that that's what you need from them and so that's what they are to you. Yeah. You don't consider that they have feelings, emotions, children, a real marriage, uh, Job issues like you yeah. don't, you take all of that away and you flatten them.
0: Yeah, pastors can't be poor because then they're not successful, but they can't, can't, can't be, be rich, rich because then they're greedy. Yeah, these little things like this that get placed. And here's the point with all of this God didn't use me because I'm perfect, God doesn't meet me because I meet everyone's expectations, He's not using you because you're perfect either. He's using you because you're a person. He's using you because he picked you and he loves you. And you don't have to be perfect to be used by God. You don't. You have to to answer the call of being chosen and being picked. And every person is picked by God. Every person has a calling. Sometimes that calling is into full-time ministry or to be paid in full-time ministry, but we're all to be in full-time ministry. Whether you're a doctor and you're caring for the sick, whether you're a mother caring for children alone, whether you're a teacher teaching people in college, whatever that might be, whether you're a construction worker putting up buildings, whether you're putting code on the internet, creating video games, you're still called and chosen by God to reach the lost, to pray for the sick, to lay hands on people, yep. to care for people, to study his word, to share it with other people, like we're all called and chosen by God. To pray for meals. To pray for meals. <laughs> we just, can all
1: do it. Just like me, everyone,
0: <laughs> even you can do it, you know, like um <laughs> You know what I always do is if I'm over at somebody's house and someone asks me to pray for the meal, I always defer to the like Pet- patriarch. Yeah. So I'll say Maybe it's the dad, maybe it's a grandpa, um, whatever. It could be, a, could be a mom. It doesn't matter to me, but I always try to give it, give the honor to the person. The
1: who, head of the household. The head of the house. Yeah, it's true. Because if you pray for the food, it's like, thanks God for the food, amen. Want to eat while it's hot, yeah. right? It's so funny.
0: Then they're like, that pastor stinks at praying wow, for food. so rude. And okay. then I have to get all, like, all fancy in my prayers.
1: No, you like, don't. Like, call
0: down, like. The angels in the Shekinah glory.
1: Yes. <laughs> no. So verse 13, it says, Hannah was speaking in her heart. And in, then in parentheses, it says her mind. So you know how you think in your mind. But, and, but her lips were moving. But her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was drunk. And I just was like imagining the passion of her being in her own little world. You know, maybe she was on her knees. Maybe she was sitting uh, crisscross applesauce on the ground in the temple. Maybe she was just... Um, standing, maybe she was walking around, eyes closed, eyes open, whatever pacing, like just think her intensity. She was desperate. Like her prayer was that of a desperate person who's just had totally into it. Right. Thinking in her mind, praying with her mouth. And she looks like she's so, um, boisterous maybe that she, he thinks from across the room she's drunk. Like she's just being so she is in it to win it. She's in this relationship. And I just said that, like I wrote my notes, that's a picture of a relationship where she is like so in it with God that she appears drunk to someone else.
0: Abandoned. Yes, like reckless abandon.
1: Right. Like she was just with reckless abandon. Three
0: sheets to the wind in prayer.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like
0: Like that person at church where you're like, is something wrong with them while they're worshiping the Lord? Like, they're acting a little too intense. Yeah. You don't know what they're going through. Yeah.
1: They're desperate, right? That desperation that causes you, you don't care what other people think about you. That's what I think I get out of this the most, is that she was so in tune with just and passionate about talking to God. And I think that what a thing to attain to, that we could just be so consumed with the fact that we actually can have a relationship with God, that that's the difference between every other religion on the planet is that this, this Christianity, this thing that we have with Jesus, this relationship that, we, that we're able to have with Father God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Son of God, is an actual real thing. It's an actual real, vibrant relationship where we talk, he listens, he talks, we listen. Like I just love that thought of her just not caring about what anyone thinks. She's so desperate that she's like, he's all I have. He's all that I have. Like, I am not, I've prayed and I've prayed and prayed. I've, I've, you know, done what I need to do in the natural and I'm not getting pregnant, right? It was after after this moment that she had with the Lord where she just, like, laid it all on the line. She kept praying. I think that's something really important, too. Like, she'd been praying for years. She'd been um, abused by this other woman in her life who was her also her husband's wife. Who She was taunted. She was— um, verbally assaulted. She was made fun of. She was, you know, put down. And year after year after year, her prayer wasn't answered, but she didn't give up. She persevered and she trusted God and she went back to the temple, even though it it had been a no for years and years and years, and she never gave up. And I think too, like when you look back at her life, if we could talk to her today, I think that she would say it was almost sweeter when she actually was able to have her son. Because the, the, all those, um, the years of believing and not seeing, but still believing and never giving up, like God wastes nothing. Yeah. And I just want to say to you, whoever you are listening and you're believing for something, we're all believing for something that we haven't seen yet, you know? And if you're not, you should. You should be believing for something more than what, what we see right now. But just don't give up. Just pursue God with reckless abandon and don't care what other people think about you. Like don't come to church and worship your heart out. Worship your guts out. You're welcome at our church. We would love to see you uh, just come in and and give it all to him because he that's where he wants to meet you.
0: Yeah. I love the fact that she was speaking in her heart and her pra- prayer was heard by the Lord. Like I think God knows your heart and he knows what's mm-hmm. going on here. She had poured everything out where she didn't have anything left except what was in here. And she was Her lips were moving, but nothing was coming out anymore. God was hearing every single word and even got the attention of of this priest, Eli, and got his attention. And he was not, (laughs) it doesn't sound like he was really actually paying attention, but God said, get over there. What's going on? And sure enough, he agreed with her in faith and prayed uh, with her and proclaimed, go in peace. Your prayers are answered. Yeah. And uh, spoke the word of truth over her. Yeah. And sure enough, she got, she had a baby. And uh, I just feel inclined to say, if you're believing God for a child, go in peace and let your prayer be answered. Yes, in Jesus' And we meaning. just pray with you and believe with you that audacious faith that God will answer that prayer. Yes. Well, thanks for listening to Morning Breath. We will see you next time. You are listening to the Morning Breath podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors.
1: You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting & Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates, and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321 454 4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family.
0: Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at PineappleGarden.com.